Are you a sneakerhead? A baller? Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets and on the court. Here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Welcome to another edition of Kicks and Bricks. Today we have John Beckham, the co-director of the new basketball doc, Basketball County, which is now streaming on Showtime. Welcome, John. How you doing? Jamel, thanks for having me, man. I'm doing well. Oh, no problem, man. So, like, in, in New York City, basketball is king. Like, you could find a court on every street corner. For the who culture of PG County, like, how important is basketball to that area? Man, it's it's... Just like you said, how it is in New York, man. Basketball is is everything. Um, you know, and that's what we kind of tried to show with the documentary that, you know, basketball is such an important part of the community, and uh, and we love it here. Like, I think one of the most fascinating aspects of the doc is that the regional pride that was shown in the documentary, and um, one of the main things that stood out was go-go music. So, um, like, how important was go-go music to, like, um, to the DMV? Yeah, well, it's important. It's just, it's, it's our own little kind of uh, music. It's really percussion-driven. There's usually lots of congas and rototoms. And um, it's, it's what, you know, we listen to playing basketball. And it's what we party to, and it's unique to this area. So we definitely wanted to just show it in the documentary. All right. Um, can you talk about like some of the challenges that you face when making the doc? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there were a lot of challenges. I mean, mainly, you know, we're making a movie about a place, you know, and, and you know, we have people involved in it, but there's not a lot of uh, examples of documentaries about places for basketball. So that was a challenge. Also, with um, so many stories here uh it was a challenge to try to fit it all into the time allotment that we had you know we got lots of hoopers here we have lots of amazing stories and it was impossible to fit everything into an hour all right so like my day job i'm a writer and like people don't know like the amount of work it takes to get people in for for like a face-to-face interview like in the doc like who's a dmv ball player that didn't participate that you wanted to um, kind of get in and tell their story about where they come from? Well, I mean, we, we reached out to uh, to Monty Williams and Keith Bogan's manager, and we never heard back. Um, both those guys have the same manager, and they're both from PG County. You know, Monty's a coach, and Keith had a really long career. Um, so, it would, and, you know, they're we couldn't get everybody because again, there was only an hour for the movie. So there's, it, it's impossible for us to get everybody. There's a lot of older guys, um, you know, from the seventies, sixties, eighties that, you know, we got, but then couldn't fit them into the film. So there, the, that's one of the challenges with only having an hour and so many stories is that you can only fit in so many stories and people. 
All right, so like you worked on the film for three years prior to its release. Like, how did you get KD's attention to get the ball rolling on the dot? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, um, so shot a few interviews, um, before even talking to Kevin and his and, and Rich, his manager, um, shot some interviews, you know, got some B-roll and put together like a little one minute sizzle reel, kind of like a preview or a trailer and sent it up to him, um, in an email and said, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. Um, you know, we need you. Can you help? And then, then that's, that's how kind of that happened. All right, so KD and his um, 35 Ventures company is one of the co-execs for the doc. Like, how important is it to have a guy like KD, the um, DMV's greatest ball player, attached to the documentary? I think it's huge. I mean, him, so so 35 Ventures is Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman. And um, Rich is a New York guy through and through. Um, and having them involved really legitimized the project. I mean... We had, uh, you know, we already had Victor Oladipo and Quinn Cook, which are amazing basketball players in their own right. And we already had a story going. But then when you bring in Kevin and Rich, who have, you know, Kevin, who's one of the best basketball players ever, and Rich, who's super connected in the, in the industry, that really legitimizes the project and really helped us, uh, you know, find a network that would put it out and helped kind of jump over some hurdles that we probably might not have been able to jump over if they hadn't been involved. All right, so like, so like currently today, like, what does KD, the basketball player, mean to um, up and coming basketball players from PG County? Well, I mean, KD is 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 kind of an exception to everything. I mean, he's a he's almost seven feet tall and he's a guard who's one of the best jump shooters ever. So, you know, I I don't know if 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 he's the right example to like try to be for basketball. But as a person, Kevin is pretty amazing. He gives back to the community so much. You know, he put really put this help put this documentary together, and he's always an example for the kids here to kind of look at him as more than a basketball player and as someone who's an entrepreneur, someone who's a philanthropist, someone who's really involved in music and just all aspects of the county. He's always trying to give back and always trying to help out. So I think he's an example of just a really well-rounded superstar that kids can look up to and, and say, hey, you know, you can be a great basketball player, but it's also important to be a great person. So he's just a role model in general. Now, try, now for a kid trying to go to the league, you know, trying to mimic your game after Kevin Durant, uh, you know, you might, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's pretty impossible to do because he's one of a kind. All right, so like you probably had a front row seat to seeing young KD come up back in the early 2000s. Like in college, I knew he would be a scoring problem in the NBA, but mm-hmm. I didn't think like he would eventually groom himself to be like one of the top one, two players in the entire world. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so, the, but the thing is, is that when, when you saw Kevin, you always knew that, uh, that he was a big matchup problem because the way that he handles the ball, the way he shoots the ball, like where his release point is when you see him shoot a jump shot. Like I, as a hooper, I'm like, yo, I don't even know if I could block his shot just regularly. Like even if he told me I'm about to shoot and he shoots the shot, I don't know if I could block it. You know what I mean? So I always knew he was a matchup problem. And then when you learned more and more about how much he just loved the game and how passionate he was for it and all he wanted to do was be in the gym, you know, you add all that stuff up, and, and it 
just turns into a basketball player that is super well-rounded. So, like, in the doc, it stated, like, since 2000, over 30 NBA players have come from PG County. Can you talk about, like, that influence that the DMV has had on the NBA over the last 20-some-odd years? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's been, like, almost almost every year there's been somebody from PG County drafted in the NBA. And for the years that there, there wasn't somebody drafted, it was, like, the year that, like, Quinn Cook came out. And he didn't get drafted, but now he's, and Travion Graham in 2015, you know, neither of them got drafted, but they both, you know, clocked minutes in the NBA. And there's just been there's been somebody every year coming out from the county, and that's part of the reason that we made the movie is that you know year after year we would see people that either we knew or had friends that knew them or just we knew they were from the county that would come out and go to the NBA. And after like you know ten fifteen years, we're like, yo, something's going on here. So you know that was part of the reason why we put the whole thing out. Like one player that I think that doesn't get a lot of credit is is Jeff Green. Like he's been a solid NBA player throughout his career, but before he was in NBA, he was a budding star in PG County, and he stayed and went local to Georgetown when he when it was time for him to go to college. And I think that's something he really doesn't get credit for because he took on the pressure of playing for his hometown team at such a young age. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Uh, like the, so many of the guys from PG County, uh, and I understand why, kind of when they go to college, they kind of want to get away. Because basketball is so important here, and there's so much pressure coming at you from all angles, and you've got your crew, and you've got your boys here. Like, It might not be the best place to really, really get down in college and, and hone your skills. So a lot of people leave, and, and Jeff was great that he stayed here and went to Georgetown. And it's kind of crazy when you think about it up in Seattle that he played with KD. And, you know, Delonte West was there, too, who's another PG County guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Jeff Green was great, and he was a great interview. Uh, he's a great ball player, and it was great to see that he, that he stayed at Georgetown. Like, earlier on in his younger years, Green showed that he was a bucket getter. And who knows about getting more buckets than Michael Beasley and Carmelo Anthony, who's from West Baltimore. Like, both were natural scorers and can score anywhere on the court. And like next to K and next to KD, when I think of DMV hoops, I think about Beasley and Melo. Yeah, I mean Be- Beasley is, is is he's another and yeah Melo too, um and you know they're just it's it's hard to guard guys that are really big that have really good footwork that can shoot the ball and that's what those guys are and and. You know, what can you do? You know, what, what do you do when somebody can move their feet and, and they know what they're trying to do and they can handle the ball and they can shoot it? And they're also athletic. Uh, makes It's definitely problems, uh, definitely, definitely problems on a defensive end for somebody. And I'm really surprised that Michael is not on the NBA roster because, like, even in his early 30s, he still can go out on the um, – he still can go out and get 15 to 18 points for a team easily. Yeah, I mean, he's a bucket, that's for sure. And I, I think that everybody knows that. I, I'm, I'm surprised as well that he's not on a team. All right, so say you're building a team and you have the number one pick in the draft and you have um, Melo, KD, and Lynn Bias at the top of your draft board. Like, <laughs> who's your number one pick? 
I'm going. Come on, bro. Um, I'm going Kevin though. I like the the more that I, you know, I've watched him my whole like as as long as I've as I can. But he's he's something else. Uh, and this is no disrespect to Lennon or or Melo because they're both amazing. But like I think that Kevin's gonna go down is probably. The, be- the hardest to guard jump shoot, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I think I'm trying to say that Kevin has the most unguardable jump shot for a pure shooter shooter in the history of basketball. And I don't know if I could say that about, I don't know if there's like a history of basketball thing for Melo and who knows about Lenny because he passed early. But like people forget how much of a stroke or people just overlook maybe how much of a stroke that Kevin has. And I'm just going to go back to that release point. Like it's almost unguardable. So I pick Kevin, but I would be happy with getting either Len or, or Melo too. Do you ever sit back and think about like what if for Len Bias? Yeah, I mean I think everybody does, and yeah, because the thing with him is that he also like if you've seen his jump shot, and and you know everybody's seen his athleticism jumping through the rim and everything, but if you see his jump shot, it was just beautiful. So. You know, and he was just starting to get really, really good. Who knows where he would have been in a couple of years in, in the league? I mean, I don't know. People compare him to Jordan, and and as as we've seen, Jordan might be the best in history. So who knows what the bull would have happened with Lenny? Like one player from from the DMV that I feels that nobody talks about is Juan Dixon, and you probably could tell me more about him. Like he led Maryland to the national championship, and he was like one of the most popular players in the country during this time yeah no i love juan dixon and i was actually at maryland uh going to school there when we won the national championship and i grew up like a mile and a half from campus so the university of maryland is very special to me but one thing that a lot of people um around the world don't realize is that baltimore is kind of its own separate thing from from kind of dc and pg county and, and montgomery county Baltimore's got its own thing going on, and it's even though it's only 35, 40 minutes away, if there's no traffic or an hour and a half of traffic, well, it's not really because they don't consider themselves part of the DMV, and the DMV doesn't really consider that part of Baltimore. But Juan Dixon was super special, and he went to the University of Maryland in PG County and led us to a championship, and he, he was just a winner. That guy was had a crazy story and was such a winner, and everybody loves him that I know. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because he was such a hooper. Yeah, and, and that team also has Steve Blake was also on that team too. Like I think now he's an assistant for the Suns, and um, and I think his imprint is um, is on Maryland basketball just as much as Juan Dixon's. I hey man, I agree. Well, I, if because that team was loaded, that I mean that was that was Stephen Juan. Uh, 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 at the guards, and then there was Lonnie Baxter who went to the league. Then there was Chris Wilcox who went to the league. There was, um, I mean, Taj Holden was a, a backup. There was Byron Mouton who was a great role player. Drew Nick was like, we had a squad that year. And um, if you would have told me that Steve Blake had the longest NBA career out of you know Chris Wilcox who was a freak athlete, and Juan Dixon who was like one of the best players that ever been in Maryland, I, I'd have said you're crazy. But he he ended up he did. And it's because he's just tenacious and he's stuck with it and he's a great ball player. When they won when they won the title in two thousand two, was like the 
was that like the greatest feeling that you ever had as a basketball fan? <laughs> Bro, because the year before we lost the um in in the final four and we were up by like twenty on Duke and we thought that that was gonna happen and then the and, and when it didn't that kind of killed so to get back to where we needed to go and win it like I was I was with my folks we were in in, in the house in Berlin Heights right around the corner from the university and we got in the car and just started beeping the horn and yelling out the window and screaming I don't even know what we were screaming but it was. It was something I remember forever, and I wasn't even on the team. You know? So, like, a few years prior to that, like, Steve Francis was at Maryland, and, like, you're pretty close to Steve in age. Like, what was the vibe like on campus when you guys had the franchise? The vibe was like, who the hell is this guy, and where has he been? Because he was, Steve was kind of like a streetball legend, but, like, didn't really leave Tacoma Park too much, too much, like, and I didn't know him, but, like, some people knew him, but he wasn't, like, a, like a big, giant figure, like, like, so when he went to Allegheny, that's a community college out in Western Maryland, like, nobody really kind of knew him, and then when he got to campus, it was just an explosion, and, like, I don't know if it was the first game or one, the second game when we see him, like, he got it right off the tip-off and, and threw it around his back and dunked it. On, on a fast break, and, and it was just like, who is this guy who's handling the ball so well, who's a freak athlete, who could shoot it, who had that swag with him? So when Steve got to campus, it was crazy, definitely. Are you surprised his his NBA career didn't last longer? That's a good question. I, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I would have loved to see him play longer, but, I mean, he was an all-star, you know? I mean, he's an NBA all-star, so nobody can take that away from him. All right, like, so, like, what's the most prized um, possession jersey-wise that you have? Oh, uh, bro, uh, so, <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't even got jerseys like that. I have my own, like, I have a Midnight League jersey when I played in the PG County Midnight League back in 2000. You know, I got, I got jerseys from the teams that I played on and, like, championship teams that I played on. I don't really buy, like, NBA jerseys, but... I did buy a Michael Jordan Wizards jersey <laughs> back in the day when he played for the Wizards because because I had to. But as far as like gear, I'll definitely get like shorts, like team shorts. I love team shorts. But um, as far as jerseys, I just I just rock my the jerseys from my like rec teams and stuff that I play on. Have you ever hooped in the Goodman League? Because I know in New York, like in the summertime, like streetball is king. So, like, have you ever hooped in the Goodman League? And if you did, like, what, what's the environment like? I've, I've never hooped in the Goodman League, um, but I've, I've been there before, and the environment's awesome. Uh, usually, it's so it's real humid down here, um, and usually it's hot, humid, and everybody's just hanging out. It's a great summertime activity, and people are really going. Um, did you see any of that footage from Kevin up at the Rucker when he went off that one time with just hitting threes over and over again? Yeah, yeah. That was during the lockout year. I think he had like 66 through three quarters, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. dude was just going off, just hitting threes, mm. um, half-court shots. Dude was unstoppable that whole summer. Yeah, yeah but no, nah, I've, never, I've, never uh, I've never played at the Goodman League. All right, so, like, who's on your Mount Rushmore of um, DMV basketball players? So, DMV, uh, you know, you got Kevin, uh, you got Elgin Baylor, you got to put him up there. 
probably been bias. Um, man, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. I would put those three up there for sure. Uh, for me, I mean, you might have to put Steve Francis up there. I mean, I have my own personal favorites, but I mean, for DMV hoops, I think I don't know if you can go wrong with like Kevin Durant, Elgin Baylor, Len Bias, and Steve Francis. I think. Right. What about you? Got any ideas? Well, for me personally, um, I'm gonna go with Marcus Hatton from St. John's. Yeah. Um, Steve Francis, like you said, Carmelo. Yeah. And of course, you KD. See, Baltimore, bro, I'm telling you, man, Baltimore's not really DMV, man. They're not gonna like. Baltimore wouldn't claim DMV, and like, and 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 the DMV wouldn't claim Baltimore. We love Baltimore, but I mean, if you're gonna do that, then I might have to throw Carmelo on mine too. You know what I mean? All right, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so now we're gonna take it to some some fan questions. Like, okay. Um, Dennis Taylor from Facebook asks, like, where would you rank KD as a player when you think about the all-time NBA greats? Oh man. That's a great question. Um, I mean, we'll see. He's still playing, you know, so it's hard to see. But he's got to be a top he's top 10, top 10 player ever. Like, I put him against – I mean, I, you can get me caught up here, me talking talking some stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow it down. But I'll, I'll, I'll put him at a top 10. And I know that there are people in, like, all the lists that do not want to in, – in the top – in their top 10 list that they don't want to have see any parts of Kevin Durant. I know that for sure. That, that you can quote. Any list you find that were the top 10 ball players of all time, there are a few people on that list who do, that do not want to see Kevin Durant. That is a fact. Um, Devin Jordan from Twitter asks, before KD got on board with the doc, were you ever contemplating throwing in the towel as you faced um, – some of the complications that you was going through? Nah, I, no. I mean, I was going to do this. I already put too too much time. We already put too much time into this thing. So we were going to do it um, regardless. And, you know, if it, if it had to be a YouTube joint or if it had to be a little joint, whatever, whatever, we, we would have done it anyway. Um, but, you know, I had, I had faith that if we did quality interviews and we put out a quality sizzle reel and did all that stuff the right way and network the right way that Kevin would be involved. So we're grateful for him. All right. And the last fan question is at Cap King from Instagram. He asks, can you rank your favorite basketball movies? Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so are we talking like documentaries or are we talking or just like just movies, anything? just movies, docs, whatever you like. So, so for sure, Hoop Dreams would be number one by like a million. I don't know if you've seen Hoop Dreams, but it's, of course, it's, of course, yeah. That that is uh, that's beautiful. I would put that like number one above just about anything. Um, I don't know, like Love and Basketball, White Men Can't Jump. Um, I don't know. We'll, that, we'll just stick with that top three then. Do you think like Hoop Dreams is like the most realistic? the most realistic movie that portrays like a basketball come up? I think that Hoop Dreams is one of the best documentaries regardless. It has to be the most realistic thing that, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's just real life. So it is realistic and it's uh it's an amazing movie. I don't know how to talk better about it, but it's amazing. Like I read recently that Spike Lee, um, he's getting Zion to do, 
the sequel to He Got Game? Like, do you oh, think yeah. a movie like that should be touched? Because me personally, I think like He Got Game was perfect the way it was. Like, they shouldn't like revisit or like redo classics over again because it kind of diminishes the first one if the second one doesn't kind of live up to the first one's expectations. If anybody was going to redo it and make it quality, then it's going to be him. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, I thought he got game was great, you know, so, but if there's anybody that's going to redo it and make it great, Spike could. All right, man. Um, well, I just want to thank you for your time and thank you for, um, for making sure that the doc became a reality because the DMV has an important piece of basketball history that needed to be documented for the world to see. Jamel, man, I appreciate it, bro. I love I love all the University of Maryland questions, too. You, de- you definitely know the game. I could tell by how you talk and like what you talk about. So it's great to speak with another person that loves the game like I do, man.